Hi, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jared Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On today's episode, I am talking with Quartz's design reporter, Ann Quito. Ann is a designer and writer and graduate of SVA's design criticism program. And in this conversation, we talk about her journey into writing, how she thinks about writing about design for a general audience, and what it means to be a design reporter. Anne has this uh, really unique job, and it was fun to hear about how Quartz thinks about design writing and what she brings to that job with her background in both writing and design. And, you know, the thing that I really love most about the way she thinks about her job, and we end up talking about this quite a bit, is this responsibility that she feels to answer the question, so what? It's easy to write about redesigns and logos and layouts and colors, but for Anne, she has to answer that question for her audience. So what? Why should they care? Why is this important? Why does this matter? I love that Anne is writing about these things for a general audience and that Quartz has given her a platform like this. And so let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Anne Quito. You know, the thing I wanted to start with is I did some research on you before this, but it kind of only goes so far back. Yeah. Um, or anything on anything about you online only goes so far back. And so I was kind of curious about your background and how you got interested in design and visual culture and, and that sort of kind of mm-hmm. interest. Well, I'm a trained graphic designer. So I've been, oh. des- I've been uh, designing for a few years and I actually founded um, a design practice within sort of this large NGO in Washington, D.C. called Design Lab. Um, I still work there part-time just sort of uh, on a sort of like a management capacity, but um, that led me to, and and so I had been a practicing designer, you know, for several years, and as an art director, you sort of like form ideas and opinions about um, design, right? And yeah. you sit you sit in enough meetings, as you know, you sit in enough meetings, <laughs> meet with enough clients to sort of like piece together like the context and the solution to to I guess form a good opinion about um, design. I think right. so. So that's been my background. So I'm a practicing graphic designer. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. So few people know that. It's kind of like my secret. My secret. Uh, yeah. <laughs> almost my secret because it's, to me, it's easy to write about um, and to critique graphic design because I know, you know, where things come from and how things are decided. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. So how, how, so when, where did the kind of writing come in then? Okay, the writing came really recently. So... I was, um, so I had my design practice and then I went to Georgetown. I pursued this maybe non-essential sort of like indulgent master's degree on visual culture. <laughs> okay. You know, like a whole semester talking about Dante, right? Like, okay. oh, you know, like whatever, like a whole semester or talking. I had this wonderful class taught by this really great writer. He was a Harvard University trained, pre-divinity trained kind of theology teacher and he wrote about the theology of travel 
So he asked us to write essays, kind of about the, I guess, experience of travel, and I was, or just all sorts of things. And we were meeting, reading Mark Twain, Innocence Abroad. We were reading poetry, and it was just sort of a weird class. And then, and we were writing. I, I, I have never really been pegged as a writer. I'm always sort of like, you know, pegged, oh, the person who can do art stuff. But in this class, you know, I had to put my thoughts to paper. And he, I think, was the very first one who acknowledged that maybe I can cobble a sentence. And in fact, he wrote my recommendation letter to... Uh, what was then called Decrit, Decriticism, yeah. at SVA, and Alice Twemlow gave me, a, generously, you know, gave me a scholarship, actually, to the first class that I oh, was wow. able to join. Yeah, so it was quite um, wonderful, and such a shocking kind of, like, validation of any kind of, like, writing um, prowess or... Ability that I had. I even called, I remember even calling Alice. I'm like, really? What did you see in my writing? <laughs> I was aghast. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Um, I think I submitted two sample essays from, you know, two classes. And, yeah. Um, so that led, so after that, almost immediately after that, that led me to, you know, to like kind of like revisit Decret and Alice, you know, like welcomed me and she gave me kind of the same scholarship so it was quite helpful and that led me you know to move from dc to new york and i've been here since then oh wow so i it's interesting because i only knew you as a writer so to hear you kind of think that you never really saw yourself as that until recently is actually really interesting i've only been uh writing professionally i guess when did I go? I'm, I'm trying to it's ever really ever since I graduated from Decret. So, I'm, I think I got the graduation date wrong. I think I graduated 2014, right? So, okay. So it's only been like two or three years, really. Oh, um, interesting. And um, I, I don't know if you'll ask me about quartz, but quartz is sort of like the advanced kind of, you know, kind of like practice, if you will, or. A, Kind of yeah. just catapulted me to this like field of journalism without really understanding what it was. So okay, it's... I I, I want to get to courts, but I have a couple questions yes. before because I, I don't want to lose the thread that that we're on right now. Of course. What what was? I'm I'm curious about what it was like for you to kind of be a practicing designer and then to get this master's degree and then to go to SVA where you're kind of you know, maybe it's less practice and more criticism and writing mm -hmm. and kind of thinking about it. What was that experience like, kind of that shift of perspective? Well, it's it's very funny. So Decrit was this rich program, and I think only in the middle of the first year did I actually realize that, oh, this is a writing program. <laughs> I thought we were just going to read some things and talk about some things. But it was, they really, you know, asked right. us to, like, hone the craft of writing. Um, it was, I, I thought, um, I, I think I just jumped in. And to be honest, shocked that, like, I even got any positive feedback on any sentence that oh. I wrote. Yeah. It's, it's quite, like, it's, 
it was shocking and I would I even probed the teachers who gave me A's um, I said <laughs> I said, I'm so sorry, this is not a jerky question, but like, what is good about this? And I just want to know. And um, uh, no, it was, it was quite shocking. Um. <laughs> wow, I mean, so, did, I mean, you really just completely just fell into all of this by accident. Absolutely, my court story is even a good one when we get to it, so. Okay. Um, so, well, I mean, I guess we're, we're there next. I was curious, you know, so you graduate in 2014. What were you thinking, were you thinking at that time that you wanted to be a writer? Um, well, so I did this, like, heady um, thesis project on investigating the nation branding of um, yeah. the world's newest country, South Sudan. So I traveled there, and it was, I guess very journalistic in some ways. I don't don't read I didn't really have background, but I thought, oh maybe, you know, I can like think about doing a book. I was thinking, oh, there's no compendium on all national symbols and why isn't there? I thought that would be a great side yeah. project, like to give to the world. And I thought, oh okay, my mind is set there. And and I think I think at that time Works at Work, a magazine in the Netherlands that oh, I yeah. love. Yeah, like asked me to recap my thesis and that was fun, so I, I go, okay, my first foray in magazine writing, so that was um, fun. But I thought I would dabble, dabble in writing and maybe, and, and from Decret, I had learned to write, you know, long form, so anything, um, you know, longer than 3,000 words, like kind of like oh. these like essayistic, kind of like fully described, fully researched stuff. So I thought, oh, I could maybe do that as a hobby sometimes. To remain, you know, I think writing makes you curious about the world around you. Yeah. It, it keeps you honest because you have to investigate the details and the facts. So I, I, I thought that was really thrilling. And I didn't want to lose that because I think as a, and maybe you know this as a practicing, practicing designer, when you kind of like know the grind of every day, you kind of get to this point when you're numb. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, like another logo. I know how this is going to go. Another thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So writing was completely new, completely strange. Um, again, like I'm still, you know, there's I have no style. I'm like thinking about what I have like to, to this day. So oh, I think that keeps me alert and curious always. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's how it was. So I'm, I have a question that, that makes me think of a question. I'm not exactly sure how to phrase it, but yes, just ask it. you know, what, what's, how do you, how do you see, how is the process of writing for you different than your design process? Well, the, hmm. I mean, and the reason, let me, I'll, yes. I'll set up a little bit. The reason that I, that I asked that is I thought it was really interesting how you said that writing the act of writing makes you kind of more curious about yes. the world. And I totally see that. And I also see that as a designer also. Mm. Um, so maybe yeah. I can put it this way. So after years of kind of like designing the same thing and working with the same clients, oh, I, I think you kind of know how things are going to go. Like mm -hmm. very few things change, you know? Um, yeah. And... And usually you come to a, 
to a project with full expertise, kind of like, kind of like, you know, still with humility, but like with confidence that you're going to deliver something yeah. like good and like that everyone likes and whatever. Yeah. But with writing, you can't. For me, at least, and maybe at some point I'll know the answer. I don't quite know where it starts. Sometimes it starts with a hunch. Sometimes it starts with a phrase that I heard in a in a lecture. Sometimes uh. it's from a pitch that I receive via email. So the beginning is usually kind of like curious, um, right. and then um, you and. Because I have no, I guess I, I never went to journalism school, I kind of like have no set templates for writing. Sometimes I write in the first person, which I kind of loathe because I only do it when it's kind of like a really juicy first person story. Right. <laughs> but right. like, I have kind of like no template, so I don't know the beginning, I don't know if I'll be funny or like acerbic uh, or, so all yeah. those things I feel free. And curious, and also writing for a news organization, super responsible, because yeah. it's not just an audience of a few, but a, an audience of many. So, all those things. That uh, that's so interesting. That and that also like sets up a bunch of the next questions I had. So let's talk about courts. Okay. Um, how how did that happen? Okay, courts happen over. Um, a weird kind of like e not a weird but a kind email I got over uh, I think the Christmas holiday two years ago from the president of courts Kevin Delaney and he just wrote to me directly he said we have an opening for a design reporter I don't know if you'll be interested and I was like um I don't know what <laughs> like I, I had known of courts because they had presented a decret but like I barely I mean, I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah. listened, but like, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, it wasn't like the alluring, you know, like right. when you go to, to this program, maybe you're like enamored by the new worker or like, um, yeah. you know, working for all these um, established media organizations. And then, you know, I, he emailed me and then I, it took me like a couple days to respond. And then Alex had to follow up with me and she says, dear Anne, did you get a message from Kevin? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you should look at it. Um, and, and of course, I love Alice always. Um, I was like, yes, right away. So I emailed, I emailed back and he said, and we spoke on the phone. And immediately, um, you know, I sensed that we were, that what he was doing, his startup then and still now, was something sort of like admirable. And, um, yeah. and, Really, it really took one conversation and one in-person meeting. And the thing that I love about um, the hiring process was Kevin asked me to write my own job description. Okay. So he asked me to paint a picture of what covering design and architecture for ports would be like. He asked me, he says, draw up a one-pager Describe your role and describe what stories you will take on and what stories you won't take on. Oh, wow. And that really sort of like, and he says, I'm sorry to give you some homework tonight, but it's clarifying for both of us. And that happened and immediately, you know, I signed on. Yeah. And, and meeting him in person, you know, this sort of, Kevin Delaney used to be the managing 
um, editor of the Wall Street Journal, and a lover of design and fonts. And I'm like, yes. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Like, totally. It was it was great. I, for for um, a long time, I had been part time with Quartz because I wanted to, you know, still shepherd um, the design unit I started. I I had asked Kevin, well, I start I have my own startup and it's quite successful. Why should I join yours? And and he had some always great answers for me and always has encouraged you know my thinking and my curiosity. So I'm still here and it's in and it's different and yeah great every day. Yeah, that's so. that, that really is actually kind of an amazing story. I you're the first. They didn't have a design reporter before. You, right? They did. Okay. They did have a design a reporter before me, but I think he had, um, he had, I don't know, he had resigned because of um, visa issues or, or something okay. to that effect. But, um, and he had, he said he had posted a position uh, over a few weeks already and he okay. reached out to Alice. Okay. So, but, I mean, that was, I think it's really cool that he asked you to write the, job description basically because mm-hmm. um, yes. that was that was actually something I wanted to ask you about it's like what what is the what did Quartz expect from you or like you know what what were you thinking going into that job that you were going to write about mm. I'm wondering if I can pull it up well um, let me see if I can actually pull up really quickly oh cool uh, let's see um, oh you asked me to write a memo so I think I said um, uh, do you want me to read a few? I don't yeah. even know what, what yeah. good lines. If, I mean, if you want to, go for it. Okay, so I said, like, and this is me writing this on July, on January 2nd, 2015. Okay. So I said, design coverage at Quartz. I said, it should be expansive and inclusive. Attuned to the visual cult- to visual culture, not limited to traditional creative capitals, design coverage at Quartz will draw from the broadest source sources, embracing a global agenda from established and emergent makers. I had noticed. I think I wrote that because I had noticed that design writing, at least here in the states, was always sort of like covering the same heroes and yeah. the same protagonists. The same architects and the same sort of like cities. Yeah. You know the the cities that Monocle had already right. identified for us. Yes. And I think my experience in South Sudan, where I saw that really design and graphic design was everywhere from the you know signage at the border, from making a map for a new country, from the cost to the customs landing forms. Right. Design was everywhere, but never asked, never you know, never brought up. I thought that was so necessary, especially for the the Atlantic's glo- global business news site. Right. So I aspired to do that. And I said, um, I also said that, I think I also, whenever we would pitch a story, you know how there are many great sort of like renderings or design prototypes? Yeah. I, I said that I won't do stories where we can't answer the question so what Uh, because there are so many entertaining oh my gosh like a seahorse shaped lifeboat 
emerged in the, this. Right. But it's a rendering, and I'm like, so what? Right. What kind of world order is this sort of like underline or append? Like, I, I'm always curious about, I think we should, or I aspire to write stories of consequence. Like, yeah. Even if they're entertaining, maybe ultimately they connect to something that sort of like maybe nourishes our intellect or our sensibility or our curiosity, anything to answer the so what and yeah. then what. Yeah, so. I love that. I mean, that's, I, I, I love that so much because one of my frustrations with kind of design writing or what often is perceived as design writing is it's like the logo review and it's, yes. you know, and it's just like, um, you know, it talks about the, the fonts and the kerning, yes. but not any, yes. it, it's like, I love how that's so what it's like, you know, why does this matter? Why should anyone else care other than other designers? Right. Um, and so I like, I, I, there's so many parts of that description that you read that I like because it is much more expansive and it looks at design in the widest sense. And that's, I, I think that's a lot of where I'm coming from with these interviews is trying to figure out like, how can we talk about design where it's relevant to not just other designers? And that's totally. why, and that's why I like, you know, you, what, why I want to talk to you about quartz is because I was really curious about how you think about audience and writing mm. for people that probably aren't design and maybe don't know anything about the subject that you're writing about. Totally. Well, I have to tell you, um, uh, before I answer that, I have, okay. there's a funny um, practice here at Quartz, which is great practice for any writer. So every few weekends, we take turns as being the only weekend writer. That means anything in the world of consequence, not necessarily design architecture, in fact, not ever, um, that <laughs> happens that day, you have to write about. Oh, wow. So I remember one day I wrote maybe like six stories, one on like Stephen Curry's miraculous basketball <laughs> shot. I don't just like a rant or like the um, uh, an airport got bombed. So all those things. Um, oh wow! Actually, it's great practice for me to think about. Um, well, how to write about um, events for the general public. Not necessarily about design, but about anything. Mm -hmm. So we also have great editors who question, who sort of like question me, what does this mean? And, and sometimes I think, what do you mean? What does that mean? Like kerning, right? And yeah. then yeah. I'll have to like, so there are some checks. And it, I think it's good to, actually, this is pretty great. I, I think it's good not to write for a design publication because the editors come to what you're writing cold. So, uh. so they're kind of like this, they kind of serve as your test if what you write resonates. Right. Um, so that's a good check. And the other person who reads all my stories, at least he says, is my dad. And sometimes <laughs> he'll ask me, what do you mean by this? And like, I'll know, okay, next time I'll say that differently. But like always, right. like it's, it's, um, writing for quartz always begins with an angle, which usually translates with, to a headline. It's got to be a headline that more, you know, not just designers will click on. So I think that sets mm. the signal. And it's always, you know, in my mind. How, so how, 
how do you how do you pick kind of what you're going to write about or what are the subjects do you have mm. kind of a set of subjects or topics that you're kind of always thinking about so you mean how many google alerts do i have yeah yeah basically <laughs> many. <laughs> so many um so anything design and design is broad as you know yeah so um usually anything design and architecture related okay kind of gets funneled to me and sometimes there's a fuzzy line between art and design so that mm. always comes sometimes comes to me which I don't mind writing about but um, I, I, I'm always keen to make a distinction here about you know art and design um, so usually sometimes things get sent to me sometimes I get I'm obsessed with a few things like um, heraldry and flags and anything mm. that touches like wonky government design. Yeah. Because no one looks at that. Right, I love it. I feel. Like, I love those nitty- like, I like I love that I found out that Helvetica is, is in all nutrition labels because it was a free font. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I have Google Alerts for all sorts of like wonky um interesting um design topics i also look at um some countries who i admire so um i have google alerts for very specific like swedish things or oh japanese paper folding or paper or pulp in general so 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 those things and of course i always look at um stories from south sudan because they remain right you know, close to my heart. Um, um, I and I think working for a nonprofit in DC, especially, and maybe you know this, you kind of get this sort of like international perspective. So anything uh, uh, yeah. multilateral or UN esque makes my heart race. Right. <laughs> um, uh, really, all sorts of like. But any again, any story stories can come from any place. Sometimes it's sort of again a word, a, a motif, or maybe just a question I had. Like I think we tried to do um, a video story here on. I think one at one time they the video team here asked me to come up with ten things I hate. And I go, why? It's like <laughs> 10, 10 design things you hate. And, and I go, why? And, and they said, because it's funny when you rant. So maybe <laughs> maybe we can just do a series called Anne Rants. And I go, I like Anne Rant. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, I'm like, I could go on, like elevator buttons, whatever, whatever. So and I think we filmed like a prototype of a, elevator button like rant and I go I don't want that because okay this is the thing I think design writing is as you said with logos is more than about ranting sure right. you can be funny and ranting but like answer why that's so right why, right yeah I mean, I mean it's all these sort of like self-appointed art directors in <laughs> online I think is pernicious to the practice of design it's just Tell me why, put that in context. So I didn't quite um, want just a ranting video. I kind of wanted something that makes you think or maybe even if I don't answer, it just makes you reconsider the built 
world around you. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, there are there enough internet um, <laughs> critics out there. I thought. Do you, I have a question about on Quartz's website. Your title yes. is listed as design reporter. Yes. And so I'm curious. I, this is a two-part question. One, yes. what does that title mean to you? And mm. then two, how how would you describe your writing for Quartz? Like, is it journalism? Is it reporting? Is it criticism? Is it commentary? Mm. So design, I, I, I take the design reporter role as, I, I see that as anything, two parts. So anything that happens in the design and architecture world of consequence, mm. um, meaning we can answer the so what or this leads to something, I must write about. Um, okay. And then the other, the flip side to that is when a world event happens like Brexit or the Trump mm-hmm. elections or, I, or ter- a terrorist attack, it's incumbent on me to think of a design angle. Uh. Like, well, what was the what was you know what was the architecture of the airport like? Was it vulnerable? Is there a story to tell there? Like so, I'm looking at world events and viewing mm. it through the purview of design and architecture. That's, that's what it means to me. That's re- oh, that's really interesting. I mean, I loved that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because I thought that title was very curious because you don't see people called design reporters. Right. Very often, if ever, I'm not, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else with that type of title. Hmm. Um, I, uh, I don't know, really. I mean, it's, it, it's very funny. Like, also, at Quartz, it's, it's sort of like, a, I think, a given term for an obsession or a beat we're assigned. But mm, yeah. we're, we're free to and encouraged to write about things we know and are keen about. For example, I grew up in the Philippines, so I'm, I've written a lot of stories about our um, uh, also controversial president. Mm. So um, so when they, at Quartz, they kind of like try to get to know every, you know, a writer, not just from one, from their role, but from like all their passions and like interests and hobbies. And usually we get sort of... Um, asked to write about them, which is quite fun, sort of like a step out of your... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I was just reading just earlier today about um, uh, the Istanbul design biennial that Mark Wigley and uh, um, his wife, whose name I just forgot, Beatriz Kalmina. Yes. Um, You know, he has this great quote, or, or, you know, they said this thing around the biennial that you can't escape the world you can't escape design anymore the world's been covered in a geological layer of design is I think how they said it that there's no way to escape the influence of design in the world anymore Mm. um and I think that's interesting to hear you kind of talk about world events and finding a design angle on them or or how design Mm -hmm. maybe influenced them or played a part in them or Mm -hmm. you know was changed by it do you and so, so my question is, do you see a, I don't know the word, do you see like a responsibility to educate your reader about design and design's effect on the world? Yes. Um, actually, to answer, not to, I guess to answer your other question that I didn't answer, sometimes my writing is journalistic, sometimes it's 
commentary. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's critical. <laughs> yeah. I think all those they encourage. I do feel a, a great responsibility. Want to explain when something happens, explain a logo, why that's so, whatever. But also mm-hmm. to put them in context. Yeah. To put them in the right context. I also, this is one thing that um, I do and I don't think most, I think, well, I think some writers still do. Um, I try to get an original quote. So whenever, you know, like in internet right. journalism, um, you're expected to write fast and plenty. But I always try to, to get to the creator or the source. I think I owe it to the reader and the creator um, t- not to aggregate so many sort of, and he said to what, and God knows what questions he was asked. So I, I want to sort of like, I, I, think, I think it's my responsibility to um, report or to give a forum for the creator and kind of present his voice in the most sort of pure way. Right. Um, and to the reader, um, I have to make it understandable, I think. And I have to put it in the right context and bring in references that further understanding. And uh, my colleague here is saying, sometimes your writing has too many details that we don't need. Right. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> So, so sometimes it's that, but it's really to that goal of kind of, you know, kind of like when you're, you're, you're meeting a friend, you're like, oh, look at this table, you know, this design, but who, and you know, he also designed this, but you know, right. yesterday right. in another life, he was this. So it's kind of like just to give all the context, but I guess sometimes I fail, yeah. <laughs> give too much, but yes, I, 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 I I want to talk a little bit about just kind of design criticism in general and, mm. and your kind of thoughts on that. Um, yes. You know, as somebody who is, I, I feel like you have two unique, ang- you might have two unique angles on this or a, a point of view on this. And one is being someone who writes about design for a publication and then also being someone who went to graduate school studying design criticism. I guess I have two two part question here. Mm. What do you think of kind of the state of design criticism today, and then and then the second part is kind of like what do you see as the role of design criticism or design writing? Mm. Well, and this is just from my opinion, and maybe from the limited um, things I've read. I think there's a preponderance of armchair design criticism Mm -hmm. you know kind of like stories written from um press releases or maybe even cursory um phone interviews um with a creator i i when you're asking that question i my eyes actually landed on um a part of this court's uh job description that i wrote um and i said here, I said, design coverage at Quartz will be first person. As much as possible, reporting will be done on the ground. Critical design coverage will not be from the balcony, but from the mosh pit. Ooh, I love so, that. 
So I love the mosh pit yeah. review. Yeah. So one of the courses at SVA was really a reporting course with Steve Heller, where it's you may have heard about this. It's called a No Google Design or re- Design Research course, where we were not allowed for a full semester, not allowed to access any databases or Google or, but we have to literally take the subway, go to the source, and ask about things. Oh, wow. And that mosh pit mentality, I think, adds color to writing, adds humility, and adds sort of like historical, political nuance to writing. Um, That's what I aspire for. Like, kind of like reporting from the mosh pit. Now, sometimes, reporting from the mosh pit can also be overwhelming because... You know, there's no critical distance and sort of like everything comes at you as full kind of like sensory experience. Right. So it's kind of like a balance of that, I think, um, that maybe I, I strive for. I mean, that that actually kind of sets up a little bit of what my next question was. I just have a couple more questions to, mm. to wrap it up. But my next question was, you know, what type of design writing... And you kind of answered this already, but what kind of design writing interests you or would you like to see more of in the world? Mm. I would love um, design writing from place, from first of all, from places we have never heard about. Mm. And That's a great I, answer. <laughs> like, I do. And it doesn't need to be foreign terrain. It could just be the Department of Education. Like, I don't yeah. know. It could just be really like from places and desks and, you know, like assign. there are so many um, designers we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And some of them are secretaries, really designing forms that eventually get multiplied a million times and becomes custom landing forms. But like, I would love to hear about those people. And I would love to hear um, their stories and their thinking. This is a question that I've started kind of asking all of the all of my guests. Yes. Is yes. what are the subjects that you think designers should be talking about kind of critically right now? Right now, especially at this time, I think designers should think deeply on their role in American political life. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and I wrote, yeah. I wrote this thing about, um, I voted here in New York and the UX experience was terrible. And uh-huh. I was like, where are all the great American UX designers? This is a terrible scenario. So in the past, graphic designers, you know, we come to associate with what? The ballot and, I don't know, voting posters or the buttons. But there is so much to be done. And... Right not just in elections, but in this whole, in, in political life, which is essentially, you know, af- affects most of us. And, and I think designers are often absolved from the consequences of what we create. Because right. usually, you know, we design kind of a bad sign. And we're never blamed if right. somebody falls off a cliff, right? Or we're right. never, we've, what, we design a bad form and we're, we are so far removed from from the people blamed for them, and I think there's there's a lot of like um, kind of ethical, mm-hmm. I guess like things that 
maybe designers and design writers could surface or encourage or poke at maybe. Um, but I think designers should be involved in, um, should think about yeah. their, their craft as a political act. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm 100% on board with that. Uh, my last question is, um, I'm curious how, like you now being a design reporter has changed you as a designer. Mm. Has, that, has that changed how you think about design, about the design work that you do? Totally. Yes. I think my thinking now is even more um, associative or maybe, maybe it's annoying to, do to our clients because sometimes they'll ask for a certain thing and then I'll bring up, oh, did you know that? Because mm. as a reporter, you're, you're tasked yeah. to be like alert for all things right. and, and read more and be aware about things. And, and world events. So sometimes I bring that nuance to design work and, you know, and sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. But I think I'm more um, understanding and maybe forgiving of bad design sometimes because I know how it happens. It's not the work of one, but really right. the kind of the, the result of a whole process. And I don't sometimes... And sometimes I'm I'm asked to like quickly critique a logo here, but it's always I think since I've been writing I've I've embraced sort of this tempered view. Yes, I hate it; it's horrific, but this is why, you know. Um, right. So right. so maybe that's that that's how it's affected my design work. Um, I don't know, maybe for better or worse. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, I know. I said that was the last question, but I actually have one more. I want to flip of it. Course. How how has how has being a designer influenced how you think about writing and reporting and you know essentially being a journalist? Mm. Well, as a designer, you know you or a graphic designer at least you you know the exact terms. You you can describe things with even more detail or specificity or. You can summarize things in a very succinct way. That's mm -hmm. one. It's a very technical one. And, and two, um, you have great empathy. I think a designer has, it, what, what do they usually call it? Like You kind of, I think a designer is a good synthesizer of many sources and many yeah. needs a great like arbiter or negotiator. So when right. I'm writing, I'm, I try to... Um, always keep in mind that it's not just one purview. Oh, what did someone else say? Would, you know, get another opinion, or, or maybe it's terrible because of something. So it leads me to that kind of thinking. Um, my, I'm not the fastest writer because I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not, and it's, and you know, I'll never be hired by Mashable or any, <laughs> any media yeah. outlet like that because I, I try to like kind of like, okay, I'll write this, and like, maybe I was wrong, I should foil this. I, I, I think I have a more considered view um, ha having practiced design all these years. Yeah, I love that. That's, yeah, that's so great. Um, thank you so much for talking to me. I thought this was so interesting. I loved it. Of course, thank and thank you for thinking of me. I'm, I'm so honored to be part of your series. This episode was recorded on November 30th, 2016. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter at Surface Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.